You are beautiful. You are worthy. Your dreams were put on your heart for a reason. No matter what anyone else might think of you for following them. So stand up, stand tall, and stand proud. You were made to shine. What's up, peeps? How we doing? Man, oh man, I hope everyone's had just the most phenomenal, amazing, fantastic, brilliant, soul-feeding, and nourishing week ever. I'm in New York right now. It is very early in the morning, and I'm in New York for work. Um, It's so funny. This is part of the podcast episode that I, or this is part of the the past couple of days. Um, This will tie into the podcast episode, but Recently, I announced on my Instagram, I'm taking some time off. And um, it's funny. A lot of people did not know I had a weekly email thread and they hadn't visited Made to Shine yet. So I'm excited for new people to visit Made to Shine to keep in touch while I'm taking this social media hiatus, if you will. Um, and I wasn't able, obviously, to see the questions that I that I know came after I announced that, because I deleted the app off of my phone, but some people emailed me with questions. And it's funny because a lot of people, I guess the sentiment was like, oh, but you've always talked about how social media is a tool. It's how you use it. Like, why are you feeling burnt out? And, and what I began to realize is I think the reason people have a lot of questions around why I'm taking a step back is because there is something in all of us that is curious about what that would feel like. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever just, for me, this is, I've been feeling this for a very long time. Just this itch, this, ooh, I just wonder what it would be like to be inaccessible. Like, I wonder what it would be like to not be reminded every single day of how much better everyone's life seems to be than mine. I wonder what it would be like to not feel the weight of having to make my life seem so cool or to show up and be really happy when I'm not having a good day. And I think what I love about social media, and I do believe this, it is a tool. It can build a house. It can stub a toe. It's how you use it. And what I love about my community, and I think what I've had a good head on my shoulders to do because of people that went before me and taught me this is to be authentic. So I'm very open when I say like, it's not been a good day. It's not been a good week. And I hope no one thinks I'm happy all the time on social media because that's not my life. I have days where I'm not happy. I have days that are hard. I have days that are confusing. And what I find is that even in those days, there's just this, I wonder what it would be like. So a few weeks ago, I was at the beach. The beach is my absolute, it is my place. I will die there. I will die at Mexico Beach, Florida, in my near my yellow beach house called the Sunshine Hut. I will die there, hopefully with a golden doodle. Um, but that being said, I was at the beach and I was just thinking, wow, the pace of life here, everything is so calm. Everything is so peaceful. It's wholesome. 
That's the word I would use. It's wholesome. It's it's complete. It's like I'm not sanding, I'm sanding, I'm not standing in this sand thinking about all I don't have or all the places I'm not or where my career I'm not or where my friendships I'm not or where my relationship status I'm not. Like I'm not sitting here with this beautiful view. Even if it was raining at the beach some of the days, I was like, I'm not sitting here looking at this beautiful body of water thinking about where I'm not. At the beach, all I'm thinking about is, wow, I get to be here. I get to be part of this life. Like, wow, this is my story. Wow, I get to be written in time with the sands of this beach. I get to do that. And I came to New York a couple of days ago. And I was in the city and I was walking around and I was like, wow. I feel like every single person here, I mean, and I am one who appreciates walking like you're on a mission. Anyone who knew me from Wofford knows I walk incredibly fast. And even if I was literally just walking to get back to my dorm to do nothing in particular, I walked like I had a meeting in two minutes. That was the most important meeting of my life. So I appreciate walking like you're on a mission. But I was watching some of the people walking while I was sitting at this coffee shop. And in my mind, what I saw was just a bunch of people that it was about the next place they had to get to. There was no, I'm so content with where I am right now. And for me, this pause, this reset, if you will, I'm going to do a whole episode on takeaways, all the stuff. I'm basically... For me, because I'm, I am a creative. Like I need an outlet, so I will be doing stuff. Don't you worry. I'll be. I'm already writing my sixth book, and then doing this, and also going to be doing my weekly emails. But I think what I found was I got to this point with social where it was triggering me. Can we be vulnerable for a second, you and me? Fireside chat. We just had some some late night coffee, so we're going to be up for a while, and we just we know each other so well, so we're just talking. You're telling me your stuff. I'm going to tell you mine. So here it is. Recently, it's like the thought of all that I am not has just been haunting me. I just turned 25 yesterday, which is kind of hard to believe. I am a quarter of a century year old, and I don't know if you're like me, but I can absolutely say for certain there's things in my life I should be on my knees thanking God for every day, every week, all of it, because of what he's done and his goodness and his mercy and his His grace for me. Like just absolute blessings. But then recently, my, my mindset has been, oh, I'm 25. Most people my age are getting engaged. I have really not done well in that department. Oh, I'm 25. So-and-so was a full-time writer by now. I'm not a full-time writer. Oh, I'm 25. Thought I was going to be a millionaire in my nutrition company by now. Haven't done that yet. Oh, I'm 25. So-and-so bought a house by 25. I haven't bought a house by 25. Oh, I'm 25. They're going on this elaborate exotic vacation. I'm not doing that, even though I would never want to do that. Oh, I'm 25. 
I have a few friends. I'm not someone that has this massive friend group. I have a few very good friends. But so-and-so has so many more friends than me. Oh, I'm 25. I don't, I don't know what my five, 10 year plan looks like anymore. When I was 20, I did, but, but right now, I don't know. Oh, I'm 25. I thought I'd run multiple ultras by now, but because of the injuries this past year, I didn't. And on and on and on it goes. And I had a hard talk with my good old mama. You got to love people that love you enough to give you the real, real. You know what I mean? The, the people that are like, hey, I love you. You're awesome. But listen, we need to talk. And, and, she ta- and she, we talked. The other day, we talked. And she was like, for the first time, Annie, I just, you're, I, you're not, I don't see gratitude in you. It's like you're so focused on all you're not. You have not even taken a second to appreciate all God has done in your life. Even saying that brings me to tears because I know the importance of gratitude and she was so right. It's like for the first time, I was so just angry about all that I haven't done. I have not even thanked God for, thank you, God, for waking me up. Thank you, God, for giving me the chance to write the books I've written, to record the pod, this, make this podcast. Thank you, God, for my code workers. Thank you, God. And some of us are there. Some of us have been stuck there for a long time. We have just been saying, but God didn't do this, and God didn't do this, and I've been praying for this, and I've been praying for this so long that we haven't even taken a second to consider all the prayers well, quite, all the things we quite frankly didn't even know to pray for that God provided for us with because he knows us better than we know us because the creator will always know the creation better than the creation knows itself. I'm going to say that again. The creator will always know the creation better than the creation knows itself. And that's where I got to. This awful, horrible feeling of bitterness, resentment. And I was angry at God. And my mom checked me. And I was like, you know what? This is really hard to hear, but you're absolutely right. And things have to change. And what I realized is I basically did inventory of what are my triggers? Like, what is my trigger for not being grateful? What is my trigger for for feeling like my life is nothing? Like I am a blip in the wind. Like I haven't done anything. And what does doing anything mean, right? I think all of us, were chasing this ideal, how we think our lives should go. But the reality is there, there, that place where you think you should be by now or where you think your life is just gonna be perfect once you get there. Once you get there, there's going to be another there, right? It's like the more stuff you get, the more stuff you need to take care and maintain of the stuff that you get and then stuff to take care of the stuff that you got to maintain your stuff to impress people that don't even love you and care about you. Like that's what we do. And you want to get there and there and there. 
At first you were just grateful to move to the city, but then it was like, oh, I've got to get the right job in the city. And then you got the job in the city. And then it was, oh, but I got to get the right rank at the job in the city. And at first you were grateful for just your apartment that you could pay for the rent because God provided you with that job. And then he gave you the position of the job, but all the other people that have VP next to their title like you, they live in that townhouse in that part of town. And so now you got to get to that townhouse and then you get to that townhouse, but oh, then your neighbors are vacationing in Hawaii. So you got to get a townhouse in Hawaii. And all of a sudden you are going from there to there to there to there. And the more you get, the more ungrateful you are. Because the more we get and the more we accomplish and the more God provides, the more we realize how much more God hasn't given us in our opinion. And for me, those triggers came from social media. I looked at people who were full-time YouTube influencers and it was like, oh, I could have done that. I missed my shot. Darn it, God. Why did you know? <laughs> like, this is, I'm, I'm being very vulnerable with you because this is how we think. This is how I was. Like, darn it. Why didn't you tell me to do that when I was 20? Why didn't you let me know, God? I could have crushed it at YouTube influencing. <laughs> this is how I literally was thinking. Or, or I was thinking, um, what was another thing I was thinking? Oh, for speaking. Like you guys know, I love speaking and I've had the blessing of being able to speak certain places. Well, some people speak full time. That's what they do full time. And in my mind, I was like, God, why hasn't that happened? Why haven't you provided enough opportunities to make that happen? And I'm over here doing this and that. And, and it just, it, it, it ate me alive. It ate me alive. It was eating me alive. And so taking this set apart time, this holy, holy time, holy means set apart, to set myself apart. I think we're so focused on our screens and everyone else's life. We don't even appreciate what's around us. I was in the, I was in an Uber coming back from the city last night in Manhattan and I saw, um, like, I'll be honest with you, typically on, if I'm like in a drive, I'll be checking DMs, I'll be responding to people, I'll be like that, I'm like, okay, this is a great use of time, we're going to multitask here, we're going to answer some questions, we're going to whatever, um, while I'm in the car, because someone else is driving me, so I don't have to drive, this is perfect, and I couldn't do that last night because I deleted Instagram. I deleted um, Facebook. And I just looked out the window the whole time. And it almost brought me to tears because um, it reminded me when I was a little girl, there's nothing I loved more than staring out the window. Like my parents, when I was little and I was ticked off or upset about something, they would just take me driving because I would stare out the window the whole time and it would calm me down. And it's because when I'm staring out the window, it's like, I don't even know what it is. I feel like I'm just so in a daze. It's almost like hypnotic for me. And I'm just dreaming and thinking. And um, it's actually where the idea for this podcast came up. I was, my mom was driving to the beach and I was looking out the window. I was like, I think I'm gonna do a podcast. And I feel like it's just, it's just this beautiful time. And I was doing that. And I was like, this Uber driver probably thought I was crazy. I actually did. I started tearing up a little bit. <laughs> he thought I was psycho. Um, but I just was thinking, when was the last time I just stared out the window? Not at my phone, not on a screen, but at the scene. 
the scene of my life, this part of my life that I am in. Because I'll be honest with you, I am a small town girl at heart. I really am. I live in Atlanta, but I will live in Mexico Beach one day where it's like mom and pop shops. And so I was in Manhattan. I was like, I probably won't be here again unless I have to come for work. And regardless, if even if I came to Manhattan, I would never be in that scene of my life again. It was my birthday in Manhattan. Nighttime was beautiful, lights everywhere. I just had this awesome dinner with some people and, and, and it, I'll never have that again. And so many of us miss out on so many scenes because we're staring at our screens. And that might sound cheesy because it rhymes. I didn't even intend for that to be the case, but I think it's good because we'll remember that. Like so many of us miss out on scenes because we're staring at our screens. And as we're staring at our screens, all we see are the highlight scenes of everybody else's life. And we're comparing that to our behind the scenes. Ooh, I like that. We are comparing everyone else's highlight scene to our behind the scene. And so when I'm over here, like, do I matter? Have I done enough? God, why did you do it for them and not for me? God, why can't I be successful in, you know, in these certain relationships? Why haven't I been successful in these certain kinds of friendships? Why haven't I been successful in these certain entrepreneurial things that I had on my heart? Because you did it for them and you did it for them and you did it for them. And when you get to thinking like that, triggered by a lot of times social media, you are en route to bitterness. And when you let bitterness get inside you, it is like poison. You don't need but a drop and it will kill you. It will kill you. It will kill your dreams. It will kill your hope. And that is where I was. I was always the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kid that was like, your dreams are possible. Dream, dream, dream. And for the first time in my life the past couple of months, I didn't have hope. I didn't feel like it was worth dreaming anything else. It's like, it's not going to happen, which is crazy. Because if you look back over what God has done for me, that is actually, it's just not true to say that. But that's what bitterness does. It puts a different shade on the scene of our life. It puts a different shade on how we think our life is going, how, how we thought God is providing for us. And it separates us from the love of God. Bitterness, bitterness. And I get it. A lot of us, like it, it feels good to feel really sorry for ourselves. I say that because I, 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 that's where I was. Like I was in this place for probably a few days where I was just like, oh, I haven't done anything compared to so-and-so. And I, I'll never, I'll never, um, I'll never do what they did or I'll never have what they had happened to them. I'll never have that happen to me and on and on and on. And you know those moments where you're like, I'm sick of myself. Literally, that's where I was. But it was so hard to accept that. 
And it was so hard to flip that switch. And for me, I needed something to do to flip that switch. It wasn't like, okay, I'm just gonna be grateful now. Like, honestly, if someone told me that, I think it would have ticked me off at the time. Cause it's like, do you know how hard that is? Like, do you know the thoughts going on in my head? I can't just flip a switch. I'm so mad, I'm so bitter, I'm so resentful. So for me, taking the action of literally deleting, not just like, okay, I'm not going to go on it. I deleted those apps off my phone. I deleted them. And by doing that, I felt like I could breathe for the first time because it was action towards gratitude. It was, okay, God, if I need to change my heart, if I am slipping into bitterness, I am taking action. I am getting off. I am getting off these triggers And for me, it was social media. For you, it might be something else. It might be hanging out with a certain group of people that always gossips and talk about, always like tries to one-up one another. It could be, I don't know, watching certain television shows. Like I remember I, there were certain Netflix shows I couldn't watch because it triggered me into thinking, wow, my life sucks, Um, truly. And you've got to set those boundaries. And so it's by taking action, you override that bitterness. It's the first step to shoving it out shoving it out. It's like, I am taking off a social because guess what? I am going to make myself be grateful for my life. And the first step in being grateful for my life is to be able to look at it. A lot of us become bitter about our lives because we're not even looking at our life. When you aren't taking inventory of all you have, the enemy has space to creep in and show you all you don't have. And he does that by showing you what everybody else has. But this is the truth. God never designed you to have access to what everybody else's life is looking like. And God never designed you to make your life accessible to everybody else's viewpoint. This is brand new. And that's what social media does. And I am not bashing it. Trust me. I I still, I'm a big fan of social media. It's helped me build some great businesses and I will absolutely get back on. But I think that for now, it's about figuring out like when it's healthy and when it's not adding to your progress, when it's hurting you. I mean, you're not going to go run if you have a pulled Achilles. You're not. Your Achilles tendon, you're not going to be able to run if you've pulled that. It doesn't mean you'll never run again. Running is not a bad thing. Running is a great thing. But if you have a pulled Achilles tendon, running is a bad thing. And that's my point. Social media is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful, amazing thing. Just like running is a beautiful, amazing thing. But if you're in a season where you are really struggling to be grateful, you're really struggling to not compare yourself to other people, then getting on social media is like going and taking a 10-mile run with a pulled Achilles tendon. It's just stupid. You know what's going to happen. And so... Not that you'll never get on social media again. Not that you'll never run again. It's just until you heal, until you do the work and the physical therapy for your Achilles tendon, in this case, until you do the work to build that gratitude, to fortify that in your heart, you need to step back. And that's what this is. Because the truth is, and this was another thing my mom and I were talking about, So you guys know I love personal development. I'm very much in the personal development space with my speaking and my writing. And what bothers me to no end is, well, I would say I'm in the faith development space, but what bothers me to no end, because a lot of self-growth 
books and criteria and, and courses are like this. It's like 10 steps to happiness, five steps to a better life, um, seven steps to uh, getting over your disappointment, um, eight steps to no more hardships ever. And I'm just like, when I was 20, I ate that stuff up like it was candy. Because in my mind, I was like, yes, I'll never have to go through disappointment again. Yes, I'll never have to go through hardships again. Here's the answer. Here's the answer. And I think over the past five years, as I've done the work and I still got disappointed, I did the work and I still faced hardships. I did the work and I still had moments where I wasn't grateful. I did the practices and I still felt doubt sometimes. I was like, wait a second. I thought this was going to work. What I realized is you can do all the stuff. This is why I say I'm in faith development because you can do all the stuff. But at the end of the day, you need God because life is hard. Life is hard. It's hard. You go through, if you live enough life, you will go through things that make you fall on your knees, even if you don't believe in God and you'll speak to something. Winston Churchill once said in the in World War II, even the atheists on the battlefield were praying to God when the enemy started shooting, right? It's like you, you need him because you're not big enough to handle it. You're not. You can do all the stuff. You can read all the books. I promise you I have <laughs> just about. And you need God. Life is hard. It's beautiful and it's it's amazing but it's hard. And when we get on these platforms, at least what I was recognizing was everybody's life seems so great. Even if you have like what I hope to be my, my account or some other people's accounts that I love where you have someone authentically talking about having a hard day or having a hard time or not feeling like themselves, you never really see their breakdown. Like, I'll personally tell I will never put a video on my story of like me closet crying. I say closet crying because I've made that a verb because that's what, that's what I do. When I am like actually um, just full out wailing, like just I can't even breathe. I'm crying so hard. I go into my closet. And I did that as a little girl because I didn't want anyone to hear me. And I still do it. Like 20 20 years later, I still go into my closet in my apartment by myself. And I just, that's where it happens. I will never put that on my Instagram. I won't. No one would. So even though I'll share with you, I have off days, all the stuff, like those moments, nah. And no one else is either. So when you have those moments and think you're doing something wrong or feeling something wrong because no one else seems to be having those moments, they are. I promise you they are. And I don't know if you're in the place where I was, but I think everyone at some point needs a reset. You need a reset. You need to take consideration of what are your triggers? Where are you feeling them? How are you feeling them? Where are they affecting your life? Are you looking at a screen more than the scene you're in of your life? And from there, take action accordingly. The biggest thing I want to get across in this episode, if you've tuned me out, tune me back in just for this, just for this. It's important. Say it's important. It's important. This is important. 
the biggest thing I want you to get across from this is you have the option. You are not a slave to social media, to the shows you watch. No, it's a tool that was made for you. You are not a tool made for it. Whether you're a fellow content creator or just someone that consumes, it doesn't matter. You have the choice to reset. I think a lot of times we think we have this obligation to stay accessible. You don't. You do not. You do not. I'll end it with this. I heard this the other day. Um, Someone was juggling five different balls. All of them were made for glass except for one. There was the ball of family, the ball of health, the ball of spirit, the ball of friends, and the ball of work. The ball that was made of rubber was work. If you drop any of those balls, you don't get them back. They shatter. But if you drop work or money, it will always bounce back. And I say that for any content creators like myself who make money off of social media, it will bounce back. It will bounce back. But you got to take care of your health, your spirit, your soul. That always comes first. If you need me, email me. I was about to say DM me, but don't, you can't. Email me. If you're not up for my weekly emails, do that. What you doing? Get on that train. Um, But I'm sending you guys so much love. Hey friend, thanks so much for listening all the way through. The fact that you did says so much about your willingness and curiosity to get into your personal development and growth. You guys, if this episode touched you and your spirit in any way, I pray that you share with two friends that you think would really find value in this. This is how these messages get around. And I know I personally just really appreciate when a friend thinks of me when they listen to something and think that I'll find value in it as well. Also, if you find so willing, please tag to your Instagram stories and make sure to tag Annie B. Mayfield. At the end of every month, I will be doing a drawing from everyone that is posted on their Instagram stories for a $50 Amazon gift card. You guys, I appreciate and love you all so much. Have an amazing day.